I'm Sam. And I'm Dobbs. And this is The Fitness Journal. Hello, everybody. Uh, today, we're going to talk about how to map out a weight loss journey. Okay, so I'm going to help me. I'm going to help him. Uh, we're going to talk about the most important topics and the basics that you need to follow. Uh, we're also going to use like a case study to make it easy and uh, for you to understand uh, how we can apply all these things we're going to like talk about it today. Okay. Essentially, yeah. Bang on. So we're going to go through um, adherence levels to exercise. We're going to go through a little bit of the fundamentals of nutrition. We're going to talk about explore like an explore why it's not as simple as just eat less, move more, because as much as it's a calorie deficit, we want to kind of show you how that can be different for different people's lives. Because not everyone is in a position where they can just start going out and doing 10,000 steps exactly. and eating less food straight from the off with no strategy in place. So we'll, we'll basically utilize a fake person to show you how, how we could apply that and how it might be relevant to your life. So without further ado, We'll go straight into the first topic. You want to talk about um, improving activity levels and we'll go through through why that's important. Yeah. I'll let you go we'll first. Um, for example, uh, as coaches, uh, basically, when we have a client, we assess what they do during the day, how much they move and everything. And I often realize that people doesn't move enough. And people believe that moving is going to the gym only going to the gym and do some exercise or play sports and that's it. Okay. With that, I would, I would say it's like only 20% of your activity basically. Mm -hmm. Because it's very important the the need, the non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So basically that's the reason why us coaches ask people to sometimes try to increase your steps, like create habits like take an active route to work instead of getting your car, you can walk, go to walk, uh, go walking, or I don't know, go shopping, walking if you can. Take the stairs instead of an exactly. elevator, that kind all, of stuff. All kinds of things. Or for example, you, you can see me, I'm very fidgety and move a lot, I talk with my hands. Same with the same. <laughs> very fidgety. Yeah, so that increases your calorie uh, output, basically. Yeah. Pretty much bang on the money, so so that's a good thing that we could talk about. You want to say something about it? Carry on. So, I would say, for example, um, if a person well, we, we go through this, we can talk through that in more detail on the case yeah. study, but if it's important, throw it in. Let's have it. No, I just wanted to say, like, if it's not just going to the gym and it's not just doing exercise, it's also how much. Do you move during the day? Like if you work um, in a sedentary job, well, instead of having, when you have a break, why don't have an active break, for yeah. example? Instead of sitting down. 20 squats. And you can stand up and do 20 squats. Yeah, yeah. That, that falls really nicely into the, the time limitation thing that we can talk about a bit later. So what I kind of discovered with a lot of people is that time is a limiting factor that prevents them from, from being able to move more. And if you have a sedentary job, essentially from nine until five as a generic number, I, I know some people work shifts, 
But if you have a sedentary job, it is really difficult to move in the hours that you're at work. And we totally understand that. But what you can do is factor movement into the points where you you are on a break or where you're going to get lunch or or things like that. So you can factor that in. And like Gab's just said, do a little mini workout, micro workouts as such to keep you moving. I think it's also important to note on that as well, that a lot of people use the gym and like exercise as a means of calorie burning. When in reality, what we want to use that element of life for, that element of exercise for, is improving our our fitness levels, whether that be cardiovascularly, muscular endurance, muscular strength, those kind of things. Like the gym really should be used for improving performance metrics, not for burning calories. If you're using the gym to burn calories, you're essentially treating exercise as a punishment in order to try and correct something that you deem has gone wrong. And then you create a bad relationship with exercise because you're seeing it as a thing that you have to do to burn calories to help lose weight instead of what it could be, which is a perfect opportunity to better yourself. To get away of day-to-day basis and get your me time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You stole the words right out of my mouth. And yeah, it's you time. It's time that you can get away from home, get away from work, and you can just get into your into your headphones and challenge yourself to improve as a as a human, whether that be mentally, physically. Something that crops up a lot in conversations that I have. Um, a lot of people say, oh, I've really struggled to get into the gym recently because I'm a little bit stressed um, and I'm a, I'm a little bit tired. So my question to those people is, have you found that not going to the gym has improved your levels of stress? Because realistically, that's a perfect opportunity for you to help manage that stress and combat it. Yeah, takes it takes the stress away. You focus in something different. Yeah. So you're not constantly thinking. Realistically, if you have a barbell on your back with a with weight of dough, you're not gonna think about oh, I need to cook this. No, you know, I I don't want to get bothered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a hard switch off. Yeah. Like it's. It changes your mindset from work mode to, right, this is me time, it's training time, it's time to do what I enjoy. Um, And exercise can be enjoyed. If you hate exercise, if you hate training, you're obviously trying to throw yourself in too hard, too fast, or your routine is not built to suit what you actually need from it, because it can be really fun. And don't get me wrong, there's going to be some people that don't like exercise, but when you actually start to see it as something you can benefit from, and you become aware of the the reward that you get from it, becomes a really nice tool to utilize. Well, that comes to the perspective, the way you see exercise. If you see, sorry, if you see exercise as a punishment, then you won't like to do it. But if you see like, oh, like medicine, let's say in that way. Yeah, yeah, it's essentially. It's... Yeah. So I want it. I want one of these because it's going to make me feel better. Exactly. So it's the perspective. The yeah, I like that. I like that. Exercise is essentially natural medication to, yeah. for your brain, for your body. Like and our body is designed to move. Yeah. Not to be sat in a chair. Okay. That's that's going back to what I was saying. If you work in a sedentary job, how many times you go to the toilet? Like doing twenty squats, then I don't know, then push-ups, whatever you are capable of. It takes less than a minute. So, I mean, another another thing you could do with that, if you are going to the toilet, if you work in an office, could you go to one on a different floor and that's take the stairs? Yeah, perfect. 
Like it just adds, maybe it adds five minutes, but I'm not being funny. That extra five minutes it takes for you to go to a different floor to have a wee. It's not going to ruin your productivity for the day if you're going to have to get up and go to the toilet anyway. Like, And you can implement drinking more water into this because if you think about it from this sense, if you're hydrating more, you'll be able to focus more and concentrate throughout the day. It'll help regulate your appetite and you're going to need to go to the loo more often, which you might deem as a negative thing. But actually, if you're having to go to the loo more often and you go to a different floor every time, how much extra movement is that adding to your day alongside you being more hydrated? So your productivity levels when you're working will be better anyway because you're better hydrated. Win, win, win. And you can pay for all in the office. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, yeah. That's another benefit. Exactly, exactly. Should we move to the nutritional kind of things? So Yeah, we should go into this that because we're discussing this like doing like a plan Generic. item being, yeah. So we're doing a, like a brainstorm about what we're discussing the biggest problems we find with our clients. And basically, uh, we came into in, in common that. We realized that a lot of people struggle understanding nutrition, how to eat, and the choices they should make when they eat. Yeah. So you were mentioning about, well, we, we, we can't talk about this when we do the case. Yeah, use a case study for the more specific stuff, yeah. definitely. I guess, I guess what we kind of want to get from this podcast is if you're listening and you are on a weight loss journey, we want you to understand the fundamentals of what you need to be focusing on in order to get results. But then we also want you to understand why it's not just that simple and why if you've been just kind of counting calories and trying to move more and not seeing results, there are reasons as to why that might be the case. And for anyone that's just told, oh, you just need to be in a calorie deficit. That's true. Yeah. But how are you going to how can you put a strategy in place for your own life to get you there because just eating less when, when it comes to the nutrition that we're about to talk about now simply just eating less what does that look like like how can you do that without being absolutely starving and then binging on more food like how what strategy are you going to put in place how are you going to manage your food and it's that kind of stuff that's more complicated so as sam stated before um it's basically to lose weight Okay, lose weight, mm -hmm. you need to be in a calorie deficit. Okay, so you need to consume less fuel, which is food, than you spend. So if you move a lot to go to the gym, whatever you do in your life, so just breathing, being talking here, we are using calories too. Okay, so you need to eat less than you need to survive, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so. What happens? People usually say, I don't eat, or I basically, I'm going to start uh, cutting calories in, a, in an easy way. I'm going to drink a smoothie, or only drink tea, or having the pineapple diet. I heard that a long time ago. So basically, you are, one, restricting tremendously your calories, which is not good. And and also, it's a nutrient restriction that is not good either. Okay? So it is very important how you plan, how do you do your strategy, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. So it's good, like if you don't know about nutrition, all these kind of things, you can ask people, you can read books, there is information everywhere, but make sure it's like a good source of information. 
Okay? Because I, I don't like to say this, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> as far as I know, shakes don't grow in trees. So make sure you eat proper food. That sounded like you said sex doesn't grow in trees, but you mentioned you said shakes, didn't you? Right? Shakes, yeah. Shakes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meal replacement shakes do not grow in trees. Just to clarify, that yes, that was a close one. I bet um I bet the uh, captions that will have fun with that afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're totally right. Shakes do not grow in trees. Um, and like you rightly said, Gab said before we started this, like we were discussing it a little bit just to get our our bearings. And Gabs was like, shakes didn't exist years and years and years ago. Yeah. And even though they didn't exist, we still didn't have a problem when it came to like obesity, being overweight, that kind of stuff, because we moved more and we ate good quality food because there wasn't process hyper processed foods weren't had to go and get the food yeah now we just walk to the fridge and we got food you know? yeah and if you observe the society now obesity is only with humans and domestic animals yeah yeah so maybe there's some information there we need to look at instead of yeah maybe it's our fault <laughs> yeah we're not doing yeah. the right thing yeah totally right it's very rare that you uh you go to, uh, I mean, I was going to say go into the wild and see a gorilla, but like that's rare as a whole. But it's, it's very rare you you actually see wild animals that are struggling with weight issues because they have to go and get their own food. Kind so of you thing. have them in a, in a zoo. Yeah. How <laughs> there? Yeah. I think to, to come directly to back, come back to... To the nutrition point. So yeah, yeah. What strategies can we use? Well, for example, increase the protein intake. intake. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be the first thing that we try to do. I will, okay, how much protein am I, I, am I eating? I'm going to ask why. Let's go into more detail on that. So why would you why would you opt for increasing your protein intake in order to help achieve a calorie deficit? Well, for example, to begin with, like I notice women usually struggle more than men to get enough protein in their diet. Okay? But also I will increase the protein because of the thermic uh, the thermic effect, yeah. Thermic effect of food, basically. So what? Like, uh, explore that more, because obviously yeah, people I'm listening. Need, because I need to translate it. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. If you struggle with the translation, tell me. And That's I can... right. So basically, like let's say like thirty percent of the protein energy, you know, thirty percent of the calories that you you in, you eat on protein, you use them already to digest those, that protein. So let's say if I have hundred calories protein in reality i'm only having 70 Does yeah because your body's your body's utilizing some of the fuel that you're eating in order to actually digest the food exactly that to, would be an easy way to explain it so, yeah to simplify even further um essentially protein requires more energy to burn okay. to, to digest to digest basically that's yeah. that's it compared to carbs and fats also it makes you feel full because it takes more time to digest. Mm -hmm. So then you will snack less or you will need to eat less. Does it make sense? So it's a double whammy because yeah, exactly. then you require, you you don't, your appetite doesn't need as much food to satisfy it, but you're also utilizing more calories to digest the protein in the first place. Yeah. So actually, if you put a massive emphasis on increasing your protein intake, you're very likely going to reduce your overall calorie intake at the same time as you your 
your BMR, so what you burn on a daily basis anyway, will increase ever so slightly because of the difference in quality of nutrition that you're consuming. Which is actually it's a win-win. You know, you're taking yeah, and protein's pretty nice in most cases. Like, yeah, usually it's nice. People like the vegetarian or vegan, they struggle more to get the protein. But even like that, they still they still got good options like shakes and beans, lentils, pulses, so, which are high in fiber so, too. Soy processed, yeah, this kind of thing. So there's there's always a solution if you look for it. Mm -hmm. But as, as I have to say, freaking mass are lazy, so we like everything easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So other than increasing protein, then when it comes to nutrition and getting your nutrition into a better place for weight loss, what else would you be looking at doing and implementing? Um, I would say protein, then eating more vegetables, more greens. I would mm -hmm. say that's a good thing because greens, you know, your vegetables, they got a lot of vitamins and it's not this... Yeah, our nutrients basically, and they make you feel too. It's not the same. You let's put an example. You can have hundred calories of vegetables, and then maybe like this full of vegetables. Let's say uh, I don't know exactly. I'm just guessing. And you have like a big tablespoon of olive oil. Yeah. So what's gonna feel you more? Yeah. The tablespoon of olive oil or the vegetables? This. The, do you know what the the shake thing that you mentioned before falls really nicely into this as well? Like. If you're using meal replacement shakes for, for ease of use, brilliant. But what's going to fill you up for longer? Like all of that, all of that food that's potentially like grounded up and put into a drink or all of that food on a plate so that you have to physically chew it and consume it yourself. I can't, I can't talk by experience with that. When I was like some years ago, when they knocked on my teeth, I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't chew anything. Okay. So... I had to eat everything like um, blended. Yeah? yeah, it was liquid. So I remember my grandma used to do me like chicken with potato with vegetables and everything. So when you look at the plate before she blended everything, it was a lot of food. Well, two hours later, I was starving again. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it was already decomposed, basically. So yeah. My body absorbed fast and then as full as I should be feeling. It's almost done the chewing yeah. process for you, hasn't it? And you burn calories chewing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you you're taking, yeah, you're taking like the, by having shakes, you're almost like shortcutting a lot of processes that your body has to do itself. And what I'm not saying is like, don't like to not use protein supplements if you struggle to get enough protein in, because when it comes to training, um, it's important to recognize that what we're talking about here is very generic and it's not yeah. person specific. So, if you if your protein target is like 150 grams and you use a protein shake to get that intake up, what I'm not saying here is don't use protein shakes. But what I am saying is, uh, what we are saying is that if you struggle to lose weight and you're opting to swap full meals for replacement shakes, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because you can get the same nutrients from a good plate of food it will take you longer to chew it and actually eat it. And it will require more calories to digest it when it's full as opposed to a shake. So based on that alone, are there any benefits of actually having that shake compared to food other than convenience and speed? I have a continuum of benefit. And it is, if you're trying to change 
your diet is more vegetable. You don't like them, you can do a smoothie. Smoothie, you call it. Yeah, yeah. So you can start adding some greens, like some people use spinach. So it's easier to have those greens, but it's better if you eat them. Yeah. That's the only benefit I would say. Yeah. Safe. Being able to actually get them in. Yeah, but actually it's a natural thing. It's not. Um, yeah. One um, that you've made yourself, not. Yeah. I agree with myself. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree with that. I massively agree with that. Um, so essentially with nutrition wise, what we've touched on so far then is protein and vegetables. So, I mean, your vegetables are pretty much fiber as well. Like that's, that's the next thing that I'd say fiber, um, which is something that I don't think people actually pay much attention to actively. No, they don't. They don't. We, and it's quite important thing because I would say fiber uh, slows down the absorption of things mm-hmm. in your your yeah your intestines yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do you call your intestines intestines mate <laughs> yes sorry <laughs> uh, yeah yeah blonde moment yeah 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 you blonde I know yeah no, no. totally right <laughs> yeah so fi- like Gab says fiber slows down the absorption of food also makes you feel fuller um, because it's it's more roughage substance. Yeah. Um, so to break it down and takes more energy again. And, exactly, and you work, uh, your body needs to work harder in your stomach. Yeah. And a lot of the like, I mean, as a general rule, a lot of the foods that fiber naturally occurs in are pretty good nutritional, like in terms of nutritional value as well. When you think of like vegetables, um, all of your kind of I mean, wheat and bran kind of things, they come with other benefits. Um, especially, I mean, cereal's not the best thing, but there's some cereals that good fiber content and they come with other added benefits, vitamins, yeah. minerals. Um, so it is something to pay attention to because if you can get a lot of fiber and a lot of protein on your plate, you're already kind of getting to a point where you're going to be better satisfied from meals. And then you have digesting. Mm-hmm. So, you're gonna be going to the toilet better, let's say that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes a lot, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When in reality, more water. Exactly. Helps with that too. You know. So there's a lot of benefits there of yeah. doing those things. And when you, if you, at the moment, eat a really ultra processed diet, so think like, I mean, typical examples of this would be like your really fast oven foods. So I don't know, chicken nuggets, chips, turkey dinosaurs, that kind of stuff. Maybe microwave meals if they're not meal prepped ones. Like if you're eating a lot of these kind of things, you're probably going to be missing a lot of these key elements. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Another example I can tell you is like some people get stuck in the, it's a calorie deficit. Yeah, but it's a calorie deficit, but what are you eating to be a calorie deficit? It's not the same eating. Uh, thousand calories of meat, vegetables, or things, and thousand calories of 50 grams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not going nourish to you, nourish you the same way. Yeah. And it is that whole 80 20, isn't it? Because what we, yeah. again, what we don't expect is for people to completely abolish food that they enjoy from the diet. But um, one thing that I see a lot, and this is going to feel like an attack to some people, and if it does feel like an attack, then sit with it because I'm not actually directing it at anyone. But if the shoe fits, feel free to wear it. Um, but what I see a lot on social media is people in a calorie deficit, but the the actual substance of the food in the in 
the calories that they're consuming is shit. It's terrible. So if you're waking up and having pancakes with syrup on them and that's 600 calories, and then you're having a McDonald's for your lunch, and then you're having, let's say, a pizza for your tea, um, like a takeaway one, and it's coming to 2,000 calories, which is like, that's feasible. You could you could fit those food into that calories, but there's not really any nutritional value to it. So what we're not saying is don't eat any of that. But if that's what every day looks like, and you're getting to the end of the week, then binging and eating a load of food because you're absolutely starving, and then scratching your head and going, but I've been in a calorie deficit, I don't understand. I'm going to tell you now that's the problem. It's the quality of the food that you're eating within your calorie intake. So if you if you want to have a McDonald's, right, if your breakfast is a good quality meal where you're, let's say, for example, you're having some, some porridge or something like that, which is better than pancakes with syrup with some fruit alongside it, or maybe a bit of yogurt, something like that. And then at lunch, you're having, uh, let's use the most generic example possible, some meat with some rice and some vegetables. Yeah. And then you decide, do you know what, for my evening meal, I'm going to go to McDonald's and I'm going to have a Big Mac meal. And that all fits in your calories. You're going to be far more satisfied from the food that you've eaten earlier in the day than if you're eating just crap all the time. Yeah, you need to keep eating the food you like because if not, it's unsustainable. Yeah. There's no way you can eat things that you don't like. So you need to make a transition and keep eating the foods you like. Yeah, but not all the time if they so don't fit in line with your end goal. Try to substitute some of them so I can improve yeah. the quality of your food. That's it. Because I've seen like both of social media, we both see things and I laugh sometimes, okay? It sounds bad, but it's true. Like when I see people, like eating a 90 calorie brownie with a low calorie something and some crisp for lunch. And I like that you lunch. That's I not me. You're only. eating 300 calories for lunch when you go the whole day ahead. Yeah. So if I eat like that, I'll be dying. This is where the strategy side of things comes in as well, doesn't it? And I think. What, what not enough people realize is food is fuel to make you function at a high level. And what, what you need to kind of do when it comes to nutrition is bring more self-awareness as to how those foods are really making you feel. So after you've eaten them, do, does it feel like you are getting energy from them? Do you feel full? Do you feel satisfied? Or are you eating them and then half an hour later feeling sluggish, tired? Prime example of this from a personal experience I quite like a bit of some dessert orientated every now and again, but what I cannot do is have a big slab of like brownie or what have you, something like that in the middle of the day. Because what I realize is if I, um, there's, there's a local shop um, in the town by us that I sometimes get my lunch from if I'm working like out of, out of home and they've got loads of cakes and bakes in on the shelves and they look unbelievable. And I used to get one every now and again. And every time I have one, about 45 minutes afterwards, I need a nap. Like it just, my body, energy levels just crash through the floor. So what I've started to kind of do when I see foods like that is question myself, right, okay, that's going to taste really good. And I'm going to get the instant gratification of the taste that comes with it. But how is that going to impact my performance as a human for the rest of the day? Am I going to feel energetic or am I going to feel shit? And I'm going to feel shit. Like, that is going to be the outcome of eating that food. We can explain you what this happens. We, we talk about, we, we were thinking about talking about how to eat at Christmas, but we can put this in an into another podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, on, it, no, it's all right. Perfect. 
So what you have to kind of get used to doing is exploring how that food is actually making you feel. Yeah, you like the idea of it. Like McDonald's is another example. It tastes brilliant when you're eating it, if, especially if you like McDonald's. I know some people won't. But how is it making you feel afterwards? I, are you full? Are you full of energy, for one? Like, if you've got a busy day and you've got loads of work to do, is that going to help that or is it going to make it harder to do? Because if it's going to make it harder to do and you can recognize that, it starts to become easier to make better quality of decisions with food because you then start eating because it's going to benefit your overall life and not take away from it. Whereas if something tastes good, but you know you're going to feel crap half an hour afterwards. On the next day. Yeah, or the next day. You can then start questioning on a deeper level whether it's worth having or not. It comes to individuality too. Like some people can tolerate more of that crap. Yeah, the others. So, but there's another thing when people say, listen to your body. But if you eat enough food, and you say to your tummy, basically, don't eat the food again because maybe your body is telling you, I don't like this kind of food. Give me something else. And it's, there's a difference between listening to your body and listening to your brain when it comes to this, because like there's a large part of you saying, oh, I love the taste of that. But when you eat it, if your body's going, what on earth have you just put inside me? Like, yeah, exactly. It's a case of trying to switch off the desire to have the food that you like the taste of if your body's completely rejecting it. If you're finding yourself like having to go to the loo and it not being pleasant after you've eaten something, there's probably a little bit of an indicator yeah. there that it doesn't want it. If it happens once, okay, just give it another go if you want. Yeah, yeah. But when it's constantly, yeah, constantly, maybe there's something wrong with that. You know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you can't say for sure, but if your body's not agreeing with it and you don't feel great after eating something every time you have that something, that might be a sign that your body doesn't particularly want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I love spice spicy food, but sometimes too spicy. <laughs> too spicy is too much for me. So yeah. it's like, dude, no, you're not having that. Yeah, keep it limited. That's it. That's it. So I guess touching on nutrition now, we've covered quite a, a lot of ground on it. Yeah, I think um <clears throat> we could basically should we do like a case scenario or something like that? Yeah, let, let's do that now, yeah. Okay, so what we're going to do in the second half of this podcast, I don't know whether to break it into two podcasts completely, you know, like separate, we could do that. We could do that, but we use... Let's see how it, let's see yeah, how it goes. We can crop it if need be. Um, so what we're going to do in the, in the second half of this podcast is basically take an avatar, so like a made-up person with a made-up lifestyle that may be relatable to, it might not be, um, and explore how... And like basically why achieving a calorie deficit is not just a really simple, easy thing to do. There's more. It comes to individuality, basically. Mm -hmm. So what we don't want you to think from this is that like a calorie deficit is easy and it's something that you just do. And if you can't do it, like it's you, you shouldn't blame yourself if you've tried to just eat less and move more and failed if you've not had an actual strategy. So what we're going to do here is break down how we would put that strategy in place for a specific person. So to start with, I'm going to play the role of an avatar to begin with. So Gabs, if you want to ask me some questions about like my lifestyle and I'll, I'll play the role of like Barry. And then after I've given, after I've gone down the route of exploring who I am and what I do, we're then going to coach that person collectively. Yeah. Do it like that. Yeah. So 
I'm going to fall into the role of I'm I'm going to be Barry. I'll be Barry today. Because you're Barry today. So yeah, because yeah, I'm assuming there won't be too many people called that. So it won't be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, as you say, that's not addressed to anybody. We just made. We're gonna make you somebody now. Yeah. We're gonna. I'm just gonna basically be a generic person. So. So yeah, I'm Barry. I'm 30 years old. I work full time in an office job. Um, so I work nine to five. Sometimes I do shifts that are ten till seven. Sometimes I do shifts that are eight until four. It just depends on the week. Depends what's going on. Um, I play sport once a week. I don't have any breakfast. I tend to wait until lunchtime to eat my first meal. And then I don't like to eat after eight o'clock um, because I'm I'm scared that if I, I eat after eight o'clock, I'm going to struggle to get fat. Um, my lunch, I usually have like a, a shake. So I, I have something like that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the minute. So. Okay. Um, to begin with, I heard that you say you don't have time, which is a very common thing. So I'm going to ask what do you do during the day? How do you schedule your day? Uh, and I will ask, like, and you, I will ask this Barry. Ask me. Let's yeah. pretend I am Barry. Let's Barry, go. what do you do during the day? Like, you wake up, like, you take everything, or when you wake up, until you go to bed. So, so I, I tend to set my alarm for six o'clock. Um, and you know what it's like. Sometimes, like, my alarm goes off at six, and I'll snooze it. Um, and I'll probably snooze it through until maybe. Seven o'clock, if I'm starting at nine, um, I'll get up at seven, rush around, get all my stuff together. Together, um, Work's usually an hour's commute, so I'll drive for an hour, get to work for maybe like 10 to nine, and then I, I sit down with a coffee and that's it. Start my day. That's, that's kind of what it looks like at the moment. So, you want me to be like, yeah. I will ask this in a different way. Did you wake up until you start working? What have you done? What have you achieved? I, I, just, I just get up and kind of get ready. You need to be able to get ready. Well, so, so, yeah, so, I, so my alarm goes off at six, snooze it through till seven, and and yeah, then I, I guess I just, just yeah, I've got three hours then before I start. Um, but yeah, but I'm, but I'm, I'm like, I have to get ready. I'm, I'm in the back up now. Mm -hmm. But so could you fit a workout? Could you do anything to improve your morning routine? I guess in the space of like three hours I could, I suppose, I suppose it is. So just to fall out of character, like you see how see how Gabs has all already picked out the fact that I have a lot of wasted time in the morning, even though I've said that I don't have time. So let's let's be basic with this. You say you snooze your alarm. Yeah. Okay, so the alarm goes off at six. You're already telling your brain, you're only failing the first task, which is waking up. Yeah. And you're already failing the first task. The first task. Okay, I will say that. Well, that's not a good message to yourself, is it? Yeah, you're basically telling yourself, like, oh, God, I can't do it today. Yeah, you could just name things. Yeah, yeah, already. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Secondly, <laughs> you just keep playing on for three hours without any direction. So, I would say, can you organize your day? Can you spend like 10 minutes to organize your day, to schedule your day? That would be yeah. another thing. And it. Barry definitely could do that. He definitely could do that. Takes 10 minutes. Yeah. So okay. basically what you're saying is, could you have a better quality morning routine that actually has processes in place in order to set you up to 
win the day, so to speak. Yeah. Win so the it, morning, win the day. Let's say you wake up at six, you go do your teeth, have a shower, whatever. That's ten minutes. Get you the day, ten minutes. You still got two hours, forty minutes left. Yeah. So and if he gets, if Barry Barry gets up at six when his first alarm goes off, he's got an extra hour. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. there's a lot more time there, and that extra hour. When you're snoozing your alarm, you're not actually gaining any extra quality sleep. Like you said, you, no, you're just procrastinating. Make sure you don't fall asleep, because if you don't get to work in time, you're going to throw it too. So, okay. So, let's say, we only spend 20 minutes. You're having a shower, and... Brushing your teeth, getting changed. Yeah. And then okay. you can, yeah. Okay, let's say, you can have breakfast before or afterwards. Could, could you fit a workout? Like a fast workout when you let, let me drop back into character then. Um, and I'm gonna make this difficult for you as character. This is Barry Light. So I'm Barry again now. Well, I, I get up at seven, mate. Like, like you say, I have a shower. Um, I do that. Like, I, I probably could plan my day, but like sometimes I have meetings that are put in that I struggle to, like, I can't move. And like, by the time like I have to set off at eight, eight o'clock minimum to be able to get to work. So if I'm getting up at seven, by the time I've like had a shower and got changed, like I'm like, I'm going to struggle to like fit the time to do that in. Cause like, I'm going to need at least half an hour for a workout. Aren't I? You can do a fast workout. You can do a workout in four minutes. Okay. For example, you can do a high intensity, the proper heat, which everybody confuses, a heat training. It's not doing different stations for a minute. Heat training is high intensity. How much can you keep high intensity? I would say, well, I want to explain that. I'm being hard with you because I know. Yeah, yeah. But I say high intensity that like you can keep high intensity for like 10 seconds. So if you set an alarm, let's say, kind of start a workout. You don't know, you know this, but it's a kind of workout that you can just set like a timer and you work for 20 seconds. And then rest 20 seconds, for example, and you go like, let's say, 20 seconds squats. The maximum number I can do. Rest 20 seconds. Do, you do that eight times, you have an amazing workout in four or six minutes, between four and six minutes. And you've got the benefit of actually waking your body up and waking your brain up with it. You could, And if you did that before you had a shower, how much better of a start to the day is that? And it's taken four minutes. So if you've got not got time, that four minutes that you spend scrolling through uh, Instagram or Twitter in the morning in bed, if you get out of bed and do that, straight away. So back in, back into Barry. So I'll be Barry again now. Okay, mate. I, I probably could fit that that four minutes in, um, and I suppose that'd still give me time. So then to fast forwards, like my like in terms of the day, like so that the morning's then better from having that 10 minutes of planning, that little bit of a workout. So I usually have a lunch break at midday and I'll have a shake, but then I get really tired by like two, three o'clock. So when I get when I finish at at five, like I don't really want to do anything else. Like I, I tend to go home, sit down, put the telly on. Um like like I said, one night a week I play week week I play sports, so I'm out that night. A week but i just don't have any energy at the moment like i, I just want to chill out when i'm at home it could be for different reasons could be because you don't eat enough food to begin with you only have a shake a breakfast and then a shake i don't even have breakfast well, but that's another thing you only have protein shake or whatever shake you have 
Like, how many guys can I do in a week? Uh, the one that I have is like 300 because it's a male replacement shake. So, for an adult 30 years old male, 300 calories to go through the day, do you think that's healthy? Do you think that will give you enough fuel or energy to go through your day? I would say it's not because you need this more just to keep yourself alive. Okay. Barry, Barry here again. Yeah, but if if I eat more than 300 calories, I'm going to put even more weight on because I'm already not eating much and, and I'm still not losing any weight. You're not losing any weight. I would say you're not losing any weight because you're not moving enough during the day and you're not exercising and you when you go when you finish. So it's like a how you say you're getting like a what you call that? negative feedback loop sort of thing. Yeah, like a loop basically. So you don't eat enough, you don't have energy to move, you don't move, you don't do enough. So basically you are burning out yourself. Say it that way. And that on top of that, you got the stress of work, the stress of not eating enough, the stress of being there don't, don't know what to do. So all those things are playing against yourself. Against you. So again, it's very important learning how to eat. So not eating a lot for me is not an option. I won't play that role because you're going to end up worse than you I guess as well, again, to fall out of character, let's put Barry to one side for a second because I've got a nice little bit to add to this. What, from my experience with, with this kind of stuff, when you don't eat much for lunch, what tends to happen is the calories that you consume in an evening are way more than what you actually think anyway. So, for example, Barry might only be having 300 calories for his lunch. What I would imagine Barry's afternoon looks like is... He'll get home from work, open a bag of crisps or like go straight to the fridge and there'll just be food going in left, right and centre. Yeah. But in his head, he's hardly eating anything through the day. So he can't understand why he's not losing weight because there's the biggest portion of the day, there's not much going in. What he doesn't realise is that he's probably consuming over 2,000 extra calories on top of that just in that, that evening slot alone, just from like being super super hungry so a question that i would say to barry at this point is right okay mate you're only having 300 calories for your lunch and your energy is rubbish by the evening what do you do when you get home when it comes to food and he might say well i that's the worst time that's when the cupboards open and i start binging on lots and lots of food and and these things come in so a strategy to combat that as, as gab said rightly 300 calories is not enough food to from waking up to the evening to give you the energy to be able to actually get through your day. So the risk of you eating piles and piles and piles of rubbish calories when you get home, because you're going to be starving for one, and all you'll be able to think about is food. So you're not going to have the patience to, to make and prepare a good quality meal. So if that 300 calorie lunch turns into a 700 calorie lunch that's got better quality nutrition, all of a sudden you're fuller for longer, you don't finish work starving because you've had a good meal at lunchtime and then you're less likely to open the cupboards and binge on rubbish when you get home. Yeah, basically Barry is doing all the contrary that we just mentioned before, yeah. which is not taking, not eating enough protein, yeah. vegetables. He's not eating to fuel his body. He's eating because he's specifically trying to lose weight through food, but by just not eating because he doesn't understand what it actually requires in order to lose weight. He's assuming if he, like you said, when we first started, 
He's assuming if he just cuts something out, that will solve the problem. Because the problem is deeper. Yeah, and then you go to problem. You don't, you, you're not, you don't have, you can sustain your body, basically, your body mass and everything. You're going to feel worse in a long term. That's it. I think bringing exercise into the mat here, like when it comes to, to weight loss specifically, if you're not doing anything to sustain some muscle tissue or to build some muscle tissue and you're just restricting and restricting and restricting and trying to burn calories, so the opposites of what we talked about early, if you're, if you're exercised to burn calories, and you're consuming food in order to try and restrict calories, what you end up with is a lot of muscle tissue loss. And then when you, so this will be familiar to some of you listening to this, perhaps when you diet the first time that way, you might lose a decent bit of weight and have a bit of success. When you find it too hard to sustain and you stop, you put that weight back on. When you try the second time round, you don't get the same quality of success that you got the first time because you have less muscle tissue than you did the first time round. So your body can't cope with the calories as well. And therefore you have to eat less, which means you have less energy, which means you can't do as much. So it's harder. That's like what analogy used to use how to explain this is like the engine in your body. Like if you, for example, if you're a very active person, you've got fast metabolism, as people usually say, you've got like a sports car engine. Yeah. And you would say, oh, it's a big Lamborghini engine. Yeah. But then you do the first diet. So you start being a calorie deficit. Your body is clever. Doesn't want to. Your body thinks it's like, okay, we don't have enough nutrients. We're gonna die. So we're gonna slow the metabolism. So you reduce the engine. Yeah. And you end up with a lawnmower engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at an apple, you get fat looking at an apple, basically. To to explore this further, what what Gabs is not saying here is that, like the starvation mode to topic that comes up, that doesn't exist. That's not that's not true. What Gabs is talking about is basically metabolic adaptation. So as you lose muscle tissue, your metabolism comes down slightly because you've got less um, metabolic, metabolically active tissue on your body. To, to simplify that further, basically there's less of your body needs calories. So you don't need as many calories to maintain body weight. Because you don't need as many calories to maintain body weight, you have to then eat even less to lose more weight, but that's not good. What we don't want to achieve is a point where you're having to eat less. If you're eating less than 1,200 calories or 1,200 calories a day, and you're heavier than 50 kilograms as a female, you're eating far too little. Yeah. And it becomes like, and they will become an stressor. Then let's say the most common chemical hormone everybody knows about stress is cortisol. Is that it will make more difficult even yeah. yeah. So that's getting deep into like chem chemicals and hormones and everything. Yeah, but it's that's, that's what, what happens. happens. Yeah. So if you don't know, I always recommend like ask for help. Yeah, and help. So I, I didn't know whether to mention this or not, but since you said it at the start, like I'm kind of tempted to. So your typical diet clubs, um like uh, the one beginning with W and the one, one beginning with S, you can probably guess what I'm talking about. I don't, uh, I wouldn't, con yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> consider those as help. And that's not because like, I think everybody should work with us specifically. I don't think that at all. The reason behind that 
is because it doesn't actually teach you how to understand your diet and put strategies in place. It just gives you a really easy, quick fix tool to use. But how many times can you follow that cycle round and round and round and end up back in the same position before you realize that it's not actually solving your long-term problems? Okay, but then it comes to my question. Why these things that you say work? Because they put you in a calorie deficit, calorie restriction. Yeah. But they don't teach you like an example you used before we started this podcast was like exercise and and people saying, oh, I've noticed when I go to the gym, I start getting heavier. So that's bad. And it's not. (laughs) So do you want to explain why you potentially do put a bit of weight on when you start training the gym? Well, usually it happens. Uh, I want to talk in general here. Okay. But you, for example, you start creating uh, active, uh, actively metabolic tissue, basically, uh, metabolically active tissue, you say like yep. that way? Yeah, 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 either way. Anyway, basically you're building muscle, okay? So to build muscle, you need nutrients. So your body retains more nutrients to build the muscles you already have. Let's say that way, so retain water, if you eat carbs, you will retain carbs to feed, <coughs> give you energy. So what's gonna happen, you're gonna get heavier, right? You say the way, you wanna look like you heavier because you're retaining to feed your needs now because your needs have increased. What happens usually? Oh, I'm getting heavier, I'm gonna stop this. I'm getting bulky, I'm gonna stop this. No, you still got fat, you still, but if you stop then, when you're starting feeling heavier, you stop, then all this fat that you want to lose because in reality we say weight loss journey but we want a fat loss journey yeah yeah no yeah. weight loss journey yeah that's what you need to look for for our, a fat loss journey because fat is not good for you basically prime example of that is when you when you were taking my skin folds and doing yeah. my body fat and to give you a little bit of insight to the journey that i i had with with gabs my calories started at 2,400, some, yeah. something around there. Um, over the space of the first kind of month, my weight pretty much stayed the same. It dropped maybe like by a kilogram. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. Um, it dropped by like a kilogram, but we monitored my body fat as well. And my body fat dropped significantly compared to my weight. And my muscle tissue came down ever so slightly. Now, if I would have put myself into a bigger, or if Gabs would have would have put me into a bigger deficit straight away, I would have lost more muscle tissue, so the weight would have come down more, but a lot of it wouldn't have been body fat. Exactly. That was also when we were trying to put some weight first, and then we are getting some ready for holiday, basically that way. So why did was increase the calories? Eventually, when I was looking at him, how he managed those calories, so as much as he needed, like if you increase your muscle mass, you need more calories to sustain that. Yeah. So instead of keep cutting and cutting and cutting, I keep increasing them. So basically, I was feeding the muscle, not feeding the fat, they say that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another problem that I see with a lot of people when they try to bulk. There's, I'm going to eat everything. <coughs> they put, let's say, 10 kilos of weight in a period of, like, I don't know, a year, and then they start cutting, and they cut too much. So they like sacrifice a lot of yeah. muscular tissue so and they always in like a booklet yeah. like in a you put it on you yeah. take it off you put it on you yeah. take it off so they're always in this they always look the same how many times is on body you look the same right yeah. 10 years ago yeah, yeah. 
We're, we're at risk of falling really far off uh, yeah. off, off topic yeah. here. So let's build, let's go back to Barry, but that, that is relevant. It is relevant. Um, so speaking of Barry then, like, again, to go through his day-to-day, and again, you can pick relatability out of this, Barry works nine till five. We've already discovered that, like, when he first sets his alarm, his, his alarm goes off at six. He doesn't actually get out of bed till seven. And currently, he's not been eating anything until midday. That's been a meal replacement shake. His limiting factors are time. Um, or so he thinks a lot of these things are usually self-limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves that are not actually true and don't have any evidence behind them, which Gabs has already picked out for Barry. So what we've suggested so far that Barry does is, first of all, gets up straight away on his first alarm. Now, if we were to put a strategy behind that, something that you can do when if you struggle with this kind of thing, um, if you set an alarm and you have your alarm next to your bed, how easy is it to just grab it and snooze it? If you struggle to get up on an alarm, move your alarm away from your bed. Yeah. Make it so you have to get out of bed to go and turn it off because there's much more chance of you not getting back in bed if you've set the alarm and moved it away. But you have to you have to want to do these things if you're going to do this because otherwise you'll like the idea of it, but you won't implement it. So that's what Barry needs to do. He needs to set his alarm, move it away from the bed. Gabs then suggested that he spends 10 minutes in the morning planning his day. And this can be done on the morning or it could be done the night before so that he knows what's going on. Now, maybe perhaps in the morning or the night before would be better for this. He can plan out exactly what meals he's going to have so he knows what having what he's having. Or maybe he could do it on the Sunday. So I know I say, like, very good to like a journal and, you know, you get to look, say, okay, what do I need to do today? I actually got one, like... Mine's right, right here. <laughs> so, what do you what do you need to do today? So I said, okay, what is important today? So okay, this is my priority task. I need to do this, yes or yes today. And then I got things that are important, but I don't need to do today. So if I could, I can fit them in. Okay, but when I have to go to the gym or when I have to do things like that, that's a priority task. I mark, I class it as priority because I know I'm gonna do it. And also, when, for example, let's say it's 12 o'clock, what I have to, I already have a plan. So more or less, if I'm in the schedule, oh, I have to do this now. I already have a plan, but I adapt it to myself. So I know how my body, my brain works. So, okay, I need to do this now. I need to do this now. I need to do this now. So I know I won't go, let's say, to the gym in the morning because I will go better in the afternoon. So if I can avoid it, I go in the afternoon. But if I, I will have to go to work in the afternoon, I'm sure I will fit in my gym session in the morning. I will get used to it because your body adapts to everything. That's it. Plan, planning is huge, isn't it? Because if you don't exactly. have a plan. It helps you a lot because you don't waste time thinking. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. So a lot of people won't take time out to plan the day because they will see it as time that they could be doing something. But here's a question for you as a listener. How much time do you find yourself through the day just coasting through a task and not actually attacking the task at hand with all of your concentration? So if you're flicking through tasks at work and going from one thing to the next and you're not really sure what it, what you should be directing your focus to, you probably could have done all the tasks that you're trying to flick through in the space of two hours instead of between nine and five if you would have spent 10 minutes at the beginning of the day mapping out what's important and what needs to be done first and actually adhering to it 
And then when it comes to time management, if you actually follow that plan, you reduce stress because you've not got so many things floating around in your head. You're following a routine of like, okay, this time I'm going to start this task. And if I don't finish it by this time, I'll have a 10 minute break and then I'll go back to it and try and finish it in the next hour block. And you can, you can then put blocks in for you to work in where you have one task that you're trying to achieve in that block instead of just going, oh, I'll do a bit of that. Oh, that needs doing. And oh, that needs doing. And if anyone's read the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, he talks massively about having communication blocks as well in work. So maybe if you have a lot of emails, could you make it so that you have three time slots or two time slots in a day that you reply to instead of just getting back to them as you go? Because every time you come away from that task, it's then taking you more time to get back into it. And as although this is not related to fitness and like weight loss specifically, what it will help you do is reduce your stress from your working day because you're getting more shit done through the day. So you're not having to think about as much. And if you fill your journal in at the beginning of the day, plan your day, and then ref- like have a moment in time at the end of your work day where you reflect on your day and you put any tasks that are priority tomorrow, straight away then you've already written down what you need to do tomorrow in your journal. After that, that's your time. You can switch off. Yeah, totally. And this one, and you're ready. And ready for next day. Yeah. It only takes a little bit of effort. And if you tell yourself stories that it's too difficult to do and or you finish so you just want to relax... If you're finishing work and you're getting home and all you can think about is work or what you sh- what you should be doing the next day, if you write that, if you spend 10 extra minutes at the end of the day, writing that down and making sure you have your plan for the next day in place, that's going to get rid of three or four hours of you thinking and stressing about the next day. What's what's the better option? Sorry, you just happened a lot. Like, I, 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 happened to me before. Like, okay, you work you sit there like yeah uh, and then you start doing something and you remember something more important then you jump to the other task yeah and like oh well then you carry on doing this then a flight path flying yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but then as you're doing one thing you can't stop thinking about the fact that you needed to do something else so then you then you're tempted to swap to the something else well, if it's already scheduled you know you're gonna do it later yeah so, so it doesn't matter you've already blocked out time to, to do that task later on. So as long as you stick to the time limits you've given yourself, it doesn't matter. So then you get to, Barry gets to the end of his day. Let's say, for example, now, so we've now put a strategy in place where he has a morning routine. He sets his alarm, he gets up on his alarm. He spends, he, he gets up, does a five-minute workout. Perhaps he could set the, if he likes a coffee in the morning, perhaps he could press the kettle, do his workout whilst the kettle boils. Yeah. Once the kettle's finished boiling and he's done his workout, five-minute workout, by the way, he can pour his coffee and he can then sit and plan his day with his coffee. Once he's planned his day with his coffee, he can then have a shower, get ready for work. And at this point, we're only at like seven, half seven. He's got loads of time. Yeah, and you can see how much he has done. Yeah, he set up the day to to win instead of to be tired and lethargic and and slow all day like even just saying it out loud and like exploring that like my brain's going oh what a start for the day that is that's so much better it just makes a big difference huge difference so let's let's talk i'm going to fall back into barry's character then so let's talk about what you can do after work so he's finished work um ask ask me ask me some questions about about my day after work well you already mentioned the how he eats and everything so 
So it goes, you say it goes home, so it's tired, so it's sat down on the TV, start watching TV, and then they eat food, they start snacking, and then maybe they always meal or take away, things like that. We, we, we were really there. So what I would ask Barry is like, okay, since you get home, like you say 6 p.m. until you go to bed, what time do you go to bed, for example? Uh, usually like midnight. So you get from six hours being, being sat down, watching TV. Yeah. Okay, so I will ask Barry, what is the, do you think you can implement something to do in this time that will help you to improve? So ask Barry again. I probably could, but like I'm, I'm usually really tired after work, so I like to just sit down and rest. So, yeah, I will say to Barry that. This is funny because uh, <laughs> I'm talking to you. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will say to Barry, okay, but you know, this routine, this thing that you're doing is not, is not helping you to achieve what you want. So do you think it could be easier, like, to eat some food and then go and do some activity or something that you enjoy more regularly? And then when you come back home, you can eat your tea and then go to bed, which will help you to sleep for more hours and get and be fresh the next morning, for example. I always start implementing those kinds of things. So I guess I guess what you're saying, for that We're missing a lot of information here. We're just making this up. Yeah, it's, it's, as you're saying this, I'm thinking, oh, God, Barry's not even told us his goal yet. Like, exactly. <laughs> so Barry's goal is to lose weight specifically that that's what we're that's what we're kind of focused on here yeah. so what we're trying to do is is explore why he's potentially not doing that already um so what you're essentially saying there gabs is that that dead time after work where he's not doing anything if he could utilize that better he would probably sleep yeah. better if you go pick another workout to go to you know do something else different there uh, he feels ready to go yeah yeah the funny say that and also, if, if he can go like to bed earlier, you know, have his routine, his time for himself to get ready to bed and all these things. So it will save him time, like energy for, for him to feel better if he sleeps enough. And also, will help him to reduce the cortisol levels, which mm -hmm. is another problem we're talking about. That's getting really tricky. It's too much. But basically, he will feel better next day because he has to sleep enough hours. Mm -hmm. So for him, maybe it's less difficult to snooze. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. So that's exactly, so I would have gone about that in a very similar way. And I'd, I'd, I'd have probably asked the question of like, but okay, Barry, so you go to bed at, you go to bed at midnight and you get up at six. So you're only getting six hours sleep. Why is it that you're not going to bed till so late? And Barry's probably going to say something like, well, well, I'm, I'm just a, uh, I just can't sleep. I struggle to get to sleep, so I, I don't go until later on. And I say, right, okay. So you're saying that you're not actually doing any exercise through the day, and you're not eating till midday, and you're piling all your calories into the evening, um, but you're not really moving through the day. Do you think that perhaps because of all the food that you're eating later on, and the fact that you're not actually moving through the day is going to be impacting your sleep? And then you can connect the dots of like, oh, actually, yeah. So if I'm eating everything later on, and my body's trying to digest food, also Barry's watching TV for six hours when he gets up, it's not going to help him get to sleep. So if we can start to pick apart 
where the wasted time is and why he's why that time is wasted. The knock-on effect really is the fact he's not going to bed till midnight. So he's only getting six hours sleep. His morning routine is currently rubbish, but we've corrected that already and made it better. Now his morning routine's better, he's going to have more energy through the day already. If we can then start putting a bedtime routine in place as well, so that he's going to sleep a little bit earlier, getting better quality sleep, then he's going to have more energy to start moving more through the day. And that, like, when you actually start to look at his whole lifestyle, you can start to find the gaps where as to why he's struggling. And you're bang on right, Gabs. He's like, obviously, he's not sleeping enough. Obviously, he's not moving enough. So if we can put things in place to get him sleeping better and moving more, they're both going to go hand in hand. If we can then improve the nutritional quality of food that he's eating as well, his energy is going to be better, which is going to help him move more, which is then going to benefit his sleep. If he's got a bedtime routine and he's going to bed a little bit earlier or he's cutting off the, the TV earlier on, eating maybe when he first gets in instead of like binging on food all night long, it's going to be easy for him to get to sleep. Cortisol levels won't be as high because he sleeps better. Like a, you can start to piece together every single gap. And as you say, well, it's very important. Um, it all comes to like decisions that you take during the day. So, okay, we, you were doing this wrong. You already know that Barry knows now where he can take action and improve things. Well, that's the, that's the one I wanted to go, right? You need to take action. You need to swap average, basically. So, to make it better and easier for you. But that's when it comes to like individuality. For Barry, it could work this way. But for somebody else, for somebody else maybe not. Maybe some, something different. Yeah. So if Barry is like, there's another thing that it comes, happens to us humans. When someone tells us what to do, the first reaction is, you're not telling me what to do. Okay? So what happened is, I, I like to use this a lot, like I heard, I heard it somewhere, I don't know what it was, I read it somewhere, I don't know. But if, for example, if I invite Sam to have tea at my house, Good okay, analogy, this. and then Sam comes with his own mood and his tea, he's not going to drink my tea because I cannot put my tea in his mood because it's already full. So if, Sam asks, if somebody asks for help, you need to... It's not because we want to tell you what you're doing wrong. It's because we're trying to help you. So you ask for help. That's, that's another thing. So don't self-limit yourself, basically. I guess a really, uh, like, you can you can explore that even more, right? And if okay. it's the same equivalent. So if you're on a journey of weight loss, right, and you're not really getting much results, but you're still doing the same thing over and over again, in, like, what you're essentially doing, using your analogy there, <laughs> Is pouring your own tea, but it tastes like shit. And you're going, I really want to drink this tea, so I'm going to drink it. Oh, it still tastes like shit. And you're just making the same shit tea every single day, and it's not getting any better, but you're doing the same thing every day. And it, by exploring the avenues to get somebody else's help and coaching on this, if you go to, to them with an empty mug of tea, and you say, right, my tea tastes shit. And I'm not entirely sure why it tastes shit, um, but it's tasted shit for a while now. Could you tell me why? And you go, oh, that's because there's shit in it. If we take that shit out and we replace it with this, try that now. 
and they go, oh, that tastes a bit better, actually. It's the same equivalent as the strategies you have in place are not working right now. And it might not be that they're shit, but it might be that you need some other ingredients put to them. I've basically just like kind of explored your analogy there and, and built it out. That's it. It's like people tend to, as you say, overcomplicate things when in reality it's just like, that. okay, what can I change? Yeah. The things I do, what can I change? What does it do to change to get better? I think too many people spend too much time looking for the next best answer instead of looking at what they're already doing. I'm sure Barry spent a lot of money in all those things. It's easier. You see the yeah. feel of the thing. You go, oh, what's uh, maybe I could do a keto diet. Maybe I could fast. Instead of actually looking at what you're currently doing, what are you doing right now? And why do you think that's not working? So instead of looking for the next best thing that's going to be a magic trick that will fix everything, because it won't, look at what you're not doing now that you should be. Exactly. Like instead of trying to cut out an extra carb or cut out a meal that you enjoy and replace it for a shake. Why not look at what you're potentially doing wrong and what you could do better? And if you can't find what you're doing wrong, you need to ask somebody for help and for a professional opinion that's going to be able to source it for you. Because if you can't, if you don't understand where you're going wrong, why it's not working, you're, you're not going to gain the information by just doing the same thing. And I will say, from a rethink, like, you know, when you prepare your day or at the end of the day, you assess your day. You even can write down what you have done today. So maybe you see okay, my black. Because exactly. if you don't mess with what you did wrong, you don't know where to exactly. you know where you are. Like you need to know. Like if I give you a map, but I'll tell you you're here. Yeah. But yeah. You don't know what yeah. direction you need to take. That's a nice analogy as well, yeah, totally. Right. If you don't know where you are, but you know you know your outcome, but you don't know where you are, how do you how do you start going towards it? Yeah. So self-awareness comes into it massively. And this is so to kind of go back to what we started with this. Yes, you can get generic advice for losing weight, but the problem with it is it's not as simple as just eating less and moving more. It has to come from a level of self-awareness and you have to have an understanding of what you need to do and what, what is correct and what's not correct in order to actually find out where you need to improve. Because we're not used nutrition and exercise mindset we with more things we're humans we need to look at it like mm -hmm. compound of things i think this is what puts people off off coaching as well like they think that like coaching is just a here's a meal plan here's some, some exercises off you go i think yeah saying that from my experience when you're dealing with people you're dealing with emotions so that the, the people basically so mm -hmm. if i'm dealing with barry I'm dealing with Barry emotions, basically. I need to break this barrier and try to change the emotions that Barry feels about. Yes. He don't do it. See, if, I, if I make sure Barry understands that he's not doing anything to get what he wants to be in a bad way, Barry is going to shoot down and say, not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to deal with people, so it's important. Mm. And people also should face those emotions because if they don't understand those emotions, they won't change. Yeah. Again, it comes down to self-awareness, doesn't it? And understanding that you're potentially not doing the things that need to be done. But if nobody's telling you that, th this is another reason that I don't like diet clubs um, in a sense that... Diet Coke. Clubs. Diet <laughs> clubs. I don't like Diet Coke either. I'm a Pepsi Max kind of guy. Um, but 
a lot of the time diet clubs are just used for validation they use so that you can go and a lot of this is just going to sound really bad but it's it's true a lot of people go so that they can be told that it's okay that they didn't do as well as they they should have which is fine but they need to then understand why so if you're turning up and you're going oh I've got a few pounds on this week there's two things that can be done incorrectly in this environment it, the whole, well, that's your fault. Like, you put weight on why haven't you been following plan? Well, we have this conversation now two or three weeks ago, right? Mm. When we were saying, oh, you feel tired during the day, or people are, or there isn't caffeine that can do work. Maybe. I, 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 I can't remember. Coffee, so something like that. People just wake up and the first thing they do is take a coffee. So, I feel tired in the day. So, okay, can you change something in your morning routine? That other thing to, to improve it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I was on about me drinking coffee. Yeah. No, it, was first about, thing. No, it was about going to work so you only have five minutes to get ready and go. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, I said, wait, can you wake up five minutes earlier? So, you got time for yourself. Yes, and you questioned it. So yes, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's relevance in that. Okay, so, because the listener will be like, what on earth just happened? Um, so, so essentially, when you, if you turn up to a diet club and you put weight on and the consultant or whoever it is says, oh, well, you've not been following plan without actually questioning anything, that's going to make you feel like you just, you're, you're a failure and you can't do it. On the flip side of that, if you've got a load of other people turn around saying, oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. It happens. That's not helping you either because you don't, you don't understand why that's happened. Whereas what needs to happen in that scenario is somebody needs to explore with you. Okay, why do you think that is? Why do you think you have put weight on? Oh, well, this happened, this happened. It might be for the ladies. It might be time of the month. It could be something that's completely irrelevant to actual weight, weight gain. It might be that they've simply just had, they, maybe they ate less calories through the week and the night before they weighed in, they had a big meal and there's water retention from it. Or it might be that they've not adhered to the plan as well as they could. And in which case, what a good coach should do in that scenario. Okay, why, have, why, why is it that you found it so difficult to stick to the plan this week? What have you had going on? Like, have you been struggling with sleep? Have you got anything going on in your personal life that's making it difficult to stick to plan? Talk to me, what's going on? And then you can explore why you're finding it so difficult to I mean, stick to plan. People, they don't even need to go into detail. They just kind of... Yeah, having this fair like this without seeing the proper thing, like yeah, ah, I've had a stressful week. I've had a lot going. I've got I've had personal stuff going on, and it's it's made me want to eat more food because that makes me feel better. Okay, how did you feel after you ate the food? Well, even worse. Okay, right. Why do you think that is? Oh, because the food that I ate is not in line with my goal. Okay, if this was to happen again, what could we put in place to make sure that you make a better decision, and you can explore options to make better choices without making your client or, or yourself as, a, as the person receiving the coaching feel rubbish. Like the whole journey of something like this is about exploring why you're making decisions that you're making. Why are you finding it difficult? Like what is the, what are the biggest barriers in, in, that are in the way and how can you bring them down? And again, we're coaches, so it's easy for us to say this, but it makes this a lot easier when you have somebody that you can talk to about it openly. How can you have those conversations and explore those things when you're doing this on your own? I always say this when somebody says, oh, thanks, God, for, for your help. I say, hang on a minute. I miss you. I always say this. I'm the Sherpa here. You're the one climbing the Himalaya. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You just stood there and giving then, them the space to... Yeah. Try this. Yeah. Try to do this. Yeah. I can't 
how can you yeah how can you improve this how can you do yeah. that that's it actually proper people is doing everything yeah that's it we're, we're we're here to facilitate that journey not to not to tell you off but like and make it difficult it's we're facilitators we give you the vehicle and the vessel yeah we're helping barry so i mean at this stage i think we've pretty much covered what we need to cover for today so do you want to summarize what we've gone what we've gone through yeah we can do that yeah so basically uh we've been talking about we, we have mapped out a way loss fat loss journey a fat loss journey I, I, yeah I Okay. Fire loss journey, not weight loss journey. Mm -hmm. So we talk about exercising, increasing activity levels during the day, uh, some tips to get better nutrition, basically. And mm -hmm. we basically put a case scenario with all kilo Barry. Yeah. Uh, we tried we'll to shredded Barry's life apart and, and given some tools as to how he could improve it. Yeah. So basically, we did this. So thank you very much for for you to listen to us. Um, can find us on Spotify, Google. We're on Spotify, Google, yeah. uh, Amazon Music. Amazon Music, yeah. So if you like this, please give us like, yeah. like or rate it. Give us five stars. Yeah. And make sure you follow us both on Instagram as well. Because that's it. It goes both ways. If you like this kind of podcast, you would like us to keep helping you. Wins yeah, yeah. And if you would like us to talk about something, please don't hesitate. You can contact Sam and contact me. Yeah. Hey, can you talk about this one day? Yeah, sure. Drop us a message on Instagram. Um, I'll leave the tags in the description below. Yeah. If you, um, if there's something you want us to talk about, tell us. Yeah, and as we always try to make it as simple as we can, like sometimes we don't, we can get into detail because it's really too complicated, you know. But we try our best to make it simple and easy to understand. That way, we use a lot of analogies and. So it makes it that petition, I guess, for you to So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. Let us know if you did. Um, and we'll keep bringing more awesome content so that you can learn and keep improving. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Ciao.